0: What's up, Internet? Welcome to Right in the Fields. My name is Terry Smith, your faithful host. This episode is a special bonus episode of Right in the Fields coming out on a Friday. Normally we come out... On Fridays, but this is special. We're trying to catch up on all of our past episodes because of COVID and taking a while off. Um, So, this one was going to be kept in the drafts because the audio was a little bit uh, choppy, a little bit loud. We didn't have all of our mics set up yet, and we were switching over from using uh, Discord bot to OBS service. So, just to let you know, or you might notice some discrepancies in the audio. Normally, we sound a little bit better than this, but it's still a really fun episode, one of my favorites. We're talking about Gilmore Girls. We have a lot of strong opinions on things that don't matter. <laughs> I talk about the Pretender series from TNT for a while. Um, I have a extremely crazy tirade about AOL discs um, near the beginning, so stick with me. It's a lot of fun. I apologize for the audio, and Enjoy. them
1: i'm catching up on the chat from earlier i haven't read it
0: <laughs> we're
2: recording a podcast
1: i'm still okay i can multitask
2: i i think we both know you can't though right like
1: i can i'm mm. very good at juggling multiple tasks not well Terry. not well
2: <laughs> oh my goodness
1: rhythm what a guy never we, lets us i've, missed, huh? this. I've missed this i've missed
2: this dude i mean we, we've talked we've hung out we've done other things but i've missed the, the podcast because this is really what matters is it not
1: i would just i'd miss just hanging out just you and i so that we can be ourselves without other people trying to infringe upon it
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't like having to censor ourselves when we want like to talk about pollyanna you know
1: yeah you pissed off <laughs> Like, oh, are you trying to save the city while I'm trying to talk about fucking AOL?
2: Okay. Listen, listen. All right, I'm going to go on another AOL tirade. This is for all the people that are listening now. Hello and welcome to Write in the Fields. This one's for you. I'll I'll get into the rigmarole here in a second. Wait, wait,
1: wait. Craig's not here, so I'm confused. We're already recording.
2: No, I'm recording through OBS. You need to keep up. I told you this. Okay.
1: (laughs) I didn't realize it was already going though. I guess I was waiting for it to pop up like Craig does.
2: No, it's not going to pop up like <laughs> the I love you, learning technology. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's, <laughs> okay. My grandma passed anyway. away, and I thought I'd never have this feeling again. And then <laughs> I just start recording a podcast with Chelsea, and she has no idea. <laughs> are you never. caught up on Are you caught up on Cobra Kai yet?
1: No, I haven't watched season three yet.
2: So, but you've seen seasons one and two. Yes. So spoilers for Cobra Kai barely. All I wanted to bring up Season is one the one fact that Yeah, is that Johnny Lawrence doesn't know how to use technology and it's super satirical. <laughs> like he doesn't know what Facebook is and it's twenty twenty. And that's how I feel every time I talk to you about anything. You're like, listen okay. man, I don't know what to click on. Like it's got a so, like button. I pressed it. What do you want me to do? <laughs> also
1: super satirical. My mother sent me a text message. I don't really have Facebook anymore um and my mother (laughs) because you threw your phone away (laughs) no just because it's so toxic (laughs) so my mother sent me a text message she she said hey you should watch this documentary on netflix if you haven't called the social dilemma and i was like well i'm not gonna do that (laughs) (laughs) it's a good documentary
2: it's on netflix
1: i know So I googled it. Well, then I was like, I said something out loud in my household. I said, my mom told me to watch something. So am I gonna watch it? And Kyle was like, no. (laughs) And Kevin was like, I saw her post about it on Facebook. Then I was like, isn't the whole point of the documentary? Like, Facebook is sort of negative, you know what I mean? Like, it's had a lot of negative impacts on people's lives. And she posted it on it. Like, it seemed a little hypocritical to me.
2: Listen, if someone's posting something on Facebook, you're not going to be able to explain to them <laughs> hypocrisy. <laughs> she went all of her way
1: to text me the link. Like, I don't have Netflix. She could have just said it was on Netflix and I would have just searched <laughs> it. link whatnot. to
2: Netflix?
1: <laughs> I didn't know you could even
2: do it. <laughs> i love it now there's some magic in netflix have you ever gone through like back in the day when they first started to categorize things kind of strangely like they do to you know like yes. hey you watched this one super specific scene that mentioned lgbtq do you want to watch the softcore lesbian porn like <laughs> here's a whole section like, on it
1: actually no i did not oh
2: <laughs> well, no i definitely watched it but that's a different story <laughs> i share a netflix <laughs> account with my mom so that was awkward um. Anyway, had she already
1: watched it when I think years
2: she is the, the one who watched. It? <laughs> <laughs> I think she watched Three Wives Club or the Three Three Wives Club, First Wives Club, and I think they mentioned lesbians in it. Is that,
1: is that like Real Housewives? Is that, what that No, is? it's know. not
2: like it's got Diane Lane. No, not Diane Lane. No, who's the who's the chick from? Oh, now I just, man, back to being a 100-year-old white woman. I have to look up all these names because I don't know. First Wives Club. And then I need to I get back to is. my story because you totally interrupted me. First Wives Sorry. Club. It's got Diane Keaton. That's what I was trying to say. Diane Keaton, Goldie, Goldie Hawn, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, like Maggie Smith. Honestly, huh. I can't remember if it's a good movie or not. I remember liking it as a kid. I probably shouldn't have been watching it as a kid. It says it's rated PG, but I don't believe that at all.
1: It's like only the heavily edited version. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom got the raw script.
2: Well, it's about, they're the first wives of these like powerful men who leave them for younger women. So they all team up and like steal their businesses back from them and shit. No, not Ocean's 8. Not even (laughs) a little bit. Not even, not even. I'm worried that you haven't seen Ocean's Eight too. Like, also, know what that is? You're just like women, uh, and they take stuff some, sometimes. Got it. I get the movie. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. I get it. I know words. It's on Facebook. Rihanna's in it. Is all
1: the
2: really- Rihanna's solid in that movie? Rihanna, Rihanna's actually a really good actor. Rihanna.
1: Can do no wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, bring it on, three in it to win it or whatever. All or nothing, one with Hayden Panettiere.
2: Is that the one that she's in? She is the one with Hayden Panettiere.
1: Yeah, it's Ponder Replay plays, and it's the music video, and they dance in it.
2: There are two names where I feel extremely douchey when I pronounce them correctly, and that's Hayden Panettiere, and it's Guy Fieri. <laughs> and I know those are the correct pronunciations because they've said them, but every time I do it, I'm like, ah, God, I would shove myself in a locker and give myself a swirly. My dad
1: <laughs> and still insists that it's Hayden Pantene, <laughs> like the shampoo. <laughs> and I said it's not. There's
2: Pantene Pro not. Duo or whatever. <laughs>
1: I know who he's talking about, though. So like,
2: yeah. So it worked, right? It's like when, like, when you hear people like who are super offensive to people who speak quote unquote broken English. It's like, well, you understand what they're trying to say. You get that your dad's talking about Hayden Pantier. Like, what's the problem?
1: I mean really it's offensive
2: to her, I guess, but like they're not friends. But he's never gonna meet her. <laughs> they're not talking. <laughs> She's not texting you going, man, so I heard your dad has, Yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't know how to pronounce my name. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 Alright, so I have two okay. tirades to go on. First, before okay. I go into everything, hello and welcome to Right and Feels. This is the podcast that reminds you what's old is now new again, except for you. You're still old, sad, and you're gonna die someday. But all of the stuff you liked when you were a kid, it won't. It'll just keep coming back, baby. So you're going to be a grandfather and, you know, you'll be able to watch the 94th reboot of Spider-Man. And it's going to be awesome. You won't remember it 30 seconds later, but it will be awesome. And that's this Harry, podcast. Don't
1: wish, don't wish that on our viewers.
2: <laughs> I'm not wishing it. It's just a fact, okay? <laughs> Power Rangers is getting another reboot, okay? They just did it, like, three years ago. Another one's already happening. So if you like, if you're a new new listener, or if you're carried over from last year somehow from the fourteen thousand people that listen to this show for some fucking reason, I'm sorry that <laughs> this is what the quarantine, and the pandemic have done to you is that you have to listen to this show for comedy. Um, welcome. If you're new, this is what we do: we go on tirades and random <laughs> random asides about stuff you've never heard of and probably never will, and occasionally we have an actual topic. But today. <laughs> We do have an actual topic, but we're not going to get there yet. First, I need to talk about a few things. So, for a minute, I want us all to get into a time machine. Chelsea, get into this time machine with me, okay? Close your is eyes. It,
1: is it small? Do I need to, like, compact my body? You need to compact your
2: body. Just... You need to, like It's it's like you're in the oh, Apollo okay. 13 um, down. Okay, um, mission capsule, okay? And you feel the turbulence, and you emerge from the capsule, and it is, like, 19... Ninety-five, okay? Maybe 1998. It's 1998, okay? (laughs) Okay. The internet is just taking off, man. This thing is sticking around, as they say. And we're in a boardroom for Webster's, you know, their entire line. Everyone thinks it's dictionaries. They had other stuff, too, you know? It wasn't just dictionaries. Encyclopedias. Encyclopedias, the thesaurus. How many Thesaurus. thesaurus, thesaurus you got on your fucking bookshelf? Well,
1: one. I have one.
2: Now, picture there's a man up front. He just does a line of coke. He's freaking out. Everyone's like, Webster, chill, man. We're going to be okay. And he's like, you don't fucking tell me to chill. We're not going to be okay. And he slams down a disc and he goes, because I got one of these in my fucking Wheaties and it's an AOL disc. Okay? And this is the moment where they learn that they're done. They're obsolete. At one point in time, there's a boardroom full of very powerful, very rich people. <laughs> They've learned that they're obsolete because of AOL. I mean, were
1: they wrong? <laughs> also, as an aside, do you just assume that whoever is the head of Webster's has to change if their name to Webster? The name
2: Webster, exactly. That's one hundred percent a fact. It's a title. <laughs> it's like, like yeah. Rachel Ghoul. Okay.
1: I was going to say it's like the Count <laughs> of
2: Monte Cristo when he becomes a pirate captain. Or no, I'm sorry, Princess Bride Princess when he becomes a pirate captain. <laughs> the man in black. He's the Dread yeah. Pirate Roberts. The Dread exactly. Pirate Webster. That just becomes your title when you become the demon's head. Of it's Webster's like dictionary. you,
1: You know, somebody dies and you send, And now it's your title.
2: Your title. He gets the Webster, Webster. hat. <laughs> <laughs> So he slams the disc down, you guys, were fucked. We're fucked, okay? AOL has taken over. They're everywhere. And here's the thing, here's the thing. They really were everywhere. There was a moment where AOL, that was the internet. 1,099 free hours, okay? That was everybody.
1: (laughs) It was like it was, you know those things that they do on American Pie and other comedies that are not very funny, but about college, where they're like, oh, we're going to drop condoms from the sky. (laughs) That was like AOL discs. (laughs) That
2: actually happened. <laughs> Just everywhere, you, everywhere you can think of, they're putting it in Payless shoes, they're putting it in, in boxes of cereal, You, they send it's it to RIP. everybody with an address. So Pay you have people, shoes. in, like, you know, it's got everything. You load up an AOL desk, it's got Webster's on there, right? the entire desk. It's got all the words you want to know. AOL, keyword, we're fucked, okay? <laughs> so they're losing it, and... <laughs> And now we flash forward twenty-two some years. Or twenty-two You know
1: how how
2: old we are? It's no, not twenty two. It's not twenty-two <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the math okay? the maths are relevant. Fast forward twenty twenty. No one knows what AOL is. They're going, What the hell's AOL? What are these discs? So I want you to Google AOL discs. These you are want what me to or are you yeah,
1: the both, to?
2: both. <laughs> I need some I synchronicity here.
1: I don't.
2: <laughs> the, the first thing that comes up this is Smithsonian. <laughs> That's how old this is. The Smithsonian has an article. Remember these free AOL CDs? They're collectibles now. So it's the different installation disks and all your free hours. There are so many of these, these filled landfills, okay? There are people that collect them. There's a man that turned one into a throne. <laughs> <Like> they've weaponized <laughs> them. I see like there's an AOL launcher because there's just so many of these disks. There's so many disks. Okay, at one point, AOL was printing so many disks. I think it was like around 1998 or something like that. Every single major manufacturer of CD-ROMs like, we're talking to people who make, like, the CDs for bands, the CDs for PC games. They took over Thank all you. of the manufacturing for several months. So I, no You couldn't get your NSYNC CD because there was nowhere to print it because AOL was like, bitches need more 1,000 hours of AOL. And that's why the Thesaurus. You just don't find them anymore. You can't get it. You gotta Google Thesaurus. You can't just buy a Thesaurus. Knock them out. So...
1: I'm reading an article about how much it costs to send people <laughs> all of the
2: discs. The AOL discs?
1: Yeah. And the CEO says a lot. <laughs> <I was scared>. <laughs> a <laughs> the lot. Cable's goal was to spend 10% of lifetime revenue to get a new subscriber. Um, since the average subscriber life was around 25 months, revenue was about $350 off of one of these users. So $35 per user. <laughs> um, but it also raised AOL's growth from $70 million to an. <clears throat> at the time of their IPO to $150 billion when they merged with Time Warner. Yeah, so, but so
2: at one point, AOL was a, was a juggernaut, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So after you ran out of those hours back in the day, honestly, it's really similar to what happens now. You run out of your they connection, your you data cap. Subscribe. Yeah, they, they bill yep. you. Yeah, they don't tell you to, and you start getting billed. You know, they were charging you the nominal fee, but it was still like, so you're getting charged every minute you're on this dial-up connection. Here's the thing. There are some like million people, like I, I don't. It was some million number of people that are still subscribed to AOL. They're still paying for AOL dial-up internet.
1: <laughs> they spent more than three hundred million dollars on it at one point. Fifty percent of the CDs produced worldwide had an AOL logo on them. They were <laughs> logging in new subscribers at the rate of one every six seconds. One every six seconds. <laughs> what the fuck?
2: <laughs> oh, but oh. really, I don't care. about. It's just the fact that <laughs> I just picture these guys. <laughs> there's somebody in this world. There was a moment in time. <laughs> very powerful people were done in, you know, Webster and his hat. Over, <laughs> over in Bialia or whatever the whole country is, <laughs> in DC. I don't think it's. I don't
1: think it's Bialia.
2: That's one of the made-up countries in DC. Okay.
1: I know, I know. I watch Young Justice. I know no. Sorry. Playing. It's it's
2: Nanda Parbat. That's what it is. That's the that's the one with Raishal Ghul. They're over. At Webster's <laughs> <laughs> Dictionary. They're over there, and they're just done. They're just they've had it because AOL was going to finish them off. oh but anyways, this week we're talking about Gilmore Girls. If you didn't pick that up, that was a really subtle lead-in. Oh.
1: <laughs> it was just totally derailed the whole train. Like, the thing where it's like, oh, you want to kill one person or five people? Terry said, flip the train over. <laughs>
2: Well, if you don't know, if you're a fan, but if you don't know, we've taken a few months off. We were getting over the break, and we used to put out a lot of content. So there was Right in the Fields and a bunch of other podcasts, and I have a day job, and I go to college, and my wife goes to college, and Chelsea goes to law school, and all of my other hosts have jobs, and all these people are in a quarantine, they don't want to talk to me on a podcast. So I was like, hey, we need to rein this in. We need to cancel a lot of the stuff we do on Patreon. I can't do thirteen web comics and twenty five podcasts because. I'm now trying to get actual, real, professional, full-size comic books printed. I need to scale this back. So Chelsea goes, oh, so we're not going to record Right in the Fields anymore? I'm like, oh, of course we are. Who else am I going to talk to about AOL and Gilmore Girls? That's crazy. <laughs> so we used to put out all that stuff. Now we just gotta, we're going to put out Right in the Fields for a little while and see where that goes. But we took a small break. You know, the holidays were here. Apparently people celebrate them. I'm not a fan. My kids were like, I want Christmas or whatever. So, you no. know. Yeah.
1: Suffer. To live is to suffer. I want
2: to be, I want to be Grinch, but they think Grinch is funny. So I, I'm, I'll, I'm Scrooge, but they watch a lot of Ducktales, so they also thought that was entertaining. And my Scottish accent is terrible, so I bought what them about presents. What Krampus? I, <laughs> okay, jokes aside, that really freaked them out. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, that's
1: what I'm saying. You wanted to be not Christmas Krampus, Well, what does Dwight come as?
2: Um, Belschnickel?
1: Office.
2: Yeah. That's a real He's thing, not- and his sidekick... Yes, I have Diet Pepsi. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, <but laughs> Why could you hear that? That was really weird. <laughs> I... Listen,
1: I just am psychic, I think.
2: But, no, I'm not gonna dress him as Belschnickel, because I'm pretty sure his sidekick is, like, dressed in blackface. I'm pretty sure that was the joke in the office. So we're gonna keep Belschnickel out of it this year. Um, anyways... <laughs> Let's talk about Gilmore Girls, okay? We're only an hour into this. Let's talk about Gilmore Girls. Let's oh, talk okay. about the point of the show, okay? And we're 16 minutes in, by the way. That I was, I was exaggerating. Say, I was really, an hour in? We about no. For an
1: hour? But we also no. talked about it before we started recording. So.
2: All right. So as we always do, let's introduce Gilmore Girls. Chelsea, tell me about Gilmore Girls. Give me the summary.
1: So, it's like, if you didn't have any actual problems, it came from a lot of money, and people <laughs> recorded your supposed problems and broadcasted it.
2: It's a regular life story. If there was ever a show that personified white people problems, it's Gilmore Girls. Dude, at least rich
1: white people problems.
2: Like, I mean, because poor white
1: people, it's very different than Gilmore Girls. I will tell you. Well,
2: that's the thing. They they try to set up, um, Rory and Lorelai, the you know the titular characters, the Gilmore Girls, as being poor, but they're only poor by comparison of their very wealthy New England town and their yeah, extremely her parents. wealthy her
1: parents. parents. And her. And her and Rory's dad, her
2: who dad, also Rory. comes from money. Like everybody comes from money in right. the show, and everybody is secretly rich. They set up a few people that are meant to be down, down to earth. So, like uh, for example, there's a character in the show, Kirk, really funny character, played by James Gunn's brother. Um, I forget his name, but it's also Gunn. But James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn, that's it. Played by Sean Gunn, and his. the joke is that he has every job in town. So if they walk into a store, Kirk works there at some shift I at some Kirk. point in time. <laughs> and he's meant to be, like, he lives with his mom, he seems like this schlubby guy, you know, doesn't have a lot of money. But by the end of the show, he's one of the richest characters. <laughs> Spoilers, because he has, like, 300 jobs. And the he's the right secret. Exactly. starts <he's so laughs> With less uh, radio presence, though he can't, he can't pull oh, off America's hair. Top Forty. No, no, he does not have bad hair. I, I stand by really? Sean Gunn. Stand, stand with Sean. <laughs> okay, okay? Wow. his hair is solid. Uh, I'm only, I'm just feeling sensitive because my hair is starting to recede. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Um, and then you have like Luke Danes is another main character on the show. He runs the diner. He's got a will they, won't they thing with Lorelai. And he's meant to be like the hard, you know, uh, blue-collar guy from the town. He's also secretly rich because he owns a restaurant <laughs> and owns like lots of real estate. And you find out that he actually is a partner in like 14 other restaurants. So, like, so no one is actually poor <laughs> in this show.
1: Yeah, there's not really any, except for perhaps Jess when he.
2: Jess is literally the only, and he's in. He's a star. He's literally a starving artist, and he does it on purpose. Played by Milo Ventimiglia. If you don't know him, he's the guy from Heroes with a mustache. who's a dad now. Isn't Um, he
1: in uh, This Is Us too?
2: Yeah, that's what I meant. That's the joke because on Heroes he didn't have a mustache, but on This Is Us he now has a mustache and he's a dad.
1: I don't remember him being on Heroes. I know that he was. He's the main guy.
2: He's Peter Petrelli.
1: All I can remember is Hayden Panettiere.
2: Save the—he's the one who saves the cheerleader, and then in turn saves the world.
1: Heroes is not that good, in my opinion.
2: The first season of Heroes is solid, you son of a bitch.
1: The rest of it is not good.
2: No, I it's agree blo- there. Blocked all, it out. It's there's totally there's blocked strangely it a lot of it, too. Okay,
1: um as an aside, just real quick, did you hear they're remaking True Blood, even though it only ended, like...
2: <laughs> just ended, and I did hear about that, actually. Like, we have a lot of stuff. I'm, I think we should actually institute some sort of segment where we talk about new stuff as well. I'm upset about
1: <laughs> True Blood I'm being redone. It didn't need to be. It doesn't need to be.
2: Still Leave it, alone. <laughs> it wasn't good the first time, let's be honest. Uh, that was before Game of Thrones and HBO was just making a lot of money off just a lot of sex scenes. There's just a lot of people who transform into animals and then do it or they do it before they transform into animals. But that theme song though, it's bumping. You're not wrong. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Would watch again if they rebooted <laughs> with yes. same theme song. <laughs> okay, so Gilmore Girls. We've explained the premise. It came out in 2000, which is so weird. So weird. That was right around when the WB was peak WB. So it had Buffy. It had Angel. Had not shifted over to the CW yet. It had lost some of its shows to its partner UPN at that point. But it was still peak WB. We're talking WWWB. It's got the Frog. It's got Buffy. It had it all. And one of the things it had was Gilmore Girls. And I remember my father hating it. This is my touchstone. My father refused to watch it because they talked fast, he said. And too many quips. Too many quips and too many references he didn't understand. And uh, my sister loved it, and that's where I fell in love with it, was re-watching it with my sister. And uh, just watching it on my own. It's my basis for a lot of dialogue. My One of my favorite things about Gilmore Girls in its breaking of the meta, I guess you would say. Like, its fourth wall moments aren't that somebody acknowledges the camera, it's that every single character has every single witticism, like, they, they simultaneously know <laughs> all jokes, but point out that ev- that everybody knows all these jokes, you know, like, they're like, oh and my god, what, what is this reference that no one events understands? Events. They know everything.
1: All, yeah, like, <laughs>
2: Everybody like whenever they go to talk, it's like they're doing a monologue for their stand up or uh, their like late night show on NBC. Like they're everybody has a already... at all times. Exactly, exactly. And I love it. I they're love waiting... it for that.
1: They're waiting for action to come out. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> it's a reference to Punked in case anybody doesn't know.
2: <laughs> Nobody knows, dude. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what Punked is anymore. Like, you think that we're old, like Nobody knows what 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 Ashton what what Ashton Kutcher is. No one knows what an Ashton is. That's not a thing. He's now old, just like like we used to make fun of the fact that he was married to Demi Moore and she was old. Now he's the old one. That's true. He's with Mila Kunis. She hasn't aged a fucking day. I mean, Ashton Kutcher still looks good. That's not my point. But
1: he was a Calvin Klein model. Is all I have to say.
2: So was John Travolta, right? That was the commercial he did, Calvin Klein. No. Was it Levi's? It was some jeans. Oh. I just remember him turning around. I'm like, hey, that's Bubble Boy. Like, I was alive <laughs> in 1970, whatever, when he did it and then did the TV movie Bubble Boy. I wasn't. I don't know why that's what my mind thinks. <laughs> I don't
1: know.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. It does not know.
1: matter.
2: Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Any So, Gilmore Girls. Everybody talks with with such amazing dialogue. It's It's so witty. And it's on point. There are a couple of things that don't age very well, like like a lot of the jokes that don't slide. There's a character that's very obviously meant to be um, LGBTQ like representation for the show, but they never let him acknowledge it until the the sequel series. I'm um, talking about Michelle the the dude who works right. at um the front desk l- l- yeah the front desk at Lorelai's Inn and then he talks about how he's marrying a guy they finally got to acknowledge that but they never said it there was never any sort of conversation about it it was the way that they ha- they had representation in the 90s and 2000s where it's like no we totally they're there I'm like yeah but they weren't allowed to say it it was like oh is gay We're like okay but we never talked about it and they never made it seem like it was you part know, of his character
1: yeah, at all. It just So you can't like... really,
2: you can't retroactively make this character gay.
1: I mean, at least Michelle didn't feel like they retroactively did. It's more like you said they finally got it. But
2: no, I just felt like he was a really lonely gay dude.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, well, and then there was the other dude that worked the second shift or whatever. I can't think of his fucking name right now.
2: Um Are you talking about Parker hated... or the one that Michelle Okay, the one that Michelle hated. What
1: Michelle hated? Yeah, I can't yeah. remember what his name is. Um but he also came across as, uh, like, that was sort of the, the I don't know, gay rivalry that they had going on a little bit. Almost <laughs> seemed like, it seemed like that was sort of the point of Michelle not liking him because Lorelai and Suki liked him more and all of this other just extra things. I was like, it doesn't really need to be this pointed. Like, you could just let him, you know, be himself, I guess.
2: <laughs> I That's hated anything. Michelle when, the first time when I was a kid because he was always so grumpy. I'm like, you're mean to everybody. And now I watch it and he's like my favorite character. I'm like no I understand it I understand why he hates everybody it's like him and Luke I'm like I get it man (laughs) fuck everything (laughs) you're all the worst I don't even know why I'm talking to you here's some coffee and I'm I don't they're really good at their jobs I'm not good at my job though so there's that (laughs) but I can relate is all I'm saying and those girls are always up to shenanigans uh (laughs) so what's your touchstone that was mine
1: um, I don't know if I had one. I used to, it came on, it was on, like, the ABC Family. When I watched it, it wasn't on, um...
2: ABC Family, huh? It's so weird that you bring up ABC Family.
1: Let's not bring up Fox...
2: Fox, <laughs> Fox Family. It used to be Fox Family.
1: Fox Kids, not Fox and Friends. That's probably
2: from Fox News. <laughs> Fox and Friends, I feel like, is some right-wing, like, morning... It
1: is. It, okay. it definitely <laughs> is. So, I don't know, it's just... Repressed things. I don't think it's on, on Boxing Friends, dude. 40, 40 Flip. Um, <laughs> and it came on, I think, like, after uh, Boy Meets World or Sabrina and before 7th Heaven, so it was just part of the lineup.
2: Yeah, it was know? there weird, like, they built their own TGIF? off of things that were on other channels, TGIF, like, 20 years before. Yes. <laughs> and Yeah. 20 exactly. years is an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, here's, like, we just bought the lineup that worked for all these other channels, Watch It in Syndication, and it was genius. So, it worked.
1: I only got to see, I want to say, the first two seasons before we moved, and then I didn't have television. Yeah. Um, and I rediscovered it later in in college, in undergrad.
2: Yeah. and then That out. is the perfect Everybody. college show, man.
1: Yes, I agree. It's also like the perfect because there's not like any real problem, so I it's never drama invested like, in than drama. Exactly. Um, it just is so comforting like a soup that you know is gonna make you gain weight, but you're like, Oh, it's soup, so how much weight can I gain?
2: Except for when it's all sodium, so it's a lot of weight.
1: Or it's potato soup, so it's all just cheese and cream. Right? <laughs> che- so, Campbell's but, like, chunky,
2: know. man. Like they were that is not false advertising like that. <laughs>
1: It is also the perfect fall show, I feel like. It very much uh, reminds me of, like, New England Falls, uh, you know, like, the leaves and the, the quaint town and stuff like that. So it just is, like, uh, like a homey little place in my heart. Even though, like, yeah, like you said, some things have not aged super well on it.
2: But a lot of it has, and it is, like I said, it's white people problems, the show, like (laughs) but there's still something because
1: i'm trying to understand something new about the world or change my perspective it's like well let's see what zany things are happening that they've done to themselves set themselves up into this mess like but when i was younger i i liked to read a lot like rory did i didn't really have a lot to say like especially when i was watching the first two seasons so it was like nice to see a character that didn't have to be super outspoken um or like super you know like gung ho about doing stuff i was like man no i like to stay home and do all the things that she likes to do Which, yeah you know,
2: that, that was a really cool I older,
1: but...
2: yeah like I, I actually thought about you in there's an episode where she gets in trouble at her new school she goes to a private school in high school that her rich grandparents pay for and um, that's like they're like we're gonna start making amends and yeah they were to get back together yeah. into the family kind of thing because she wants <laughs> to go to Harvard. Like together. Exactly. And there's a part where she gets in trouble for not making friends because she just reads at lunch, and they're like, "Well, like, is there a problem with reading? She's supposed to be smart. It's a good thing." And they're like, "Well, she's not making friends. And I'm just thinking of you, Chelsea." <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I mean, yeah, for real. Until you know, like ninth or tenth grade, I just that was very much uh, something that I could like resonate with.
2: But uh, it, I'm trying to think of of how to put it for the 2000s. Like I related to it because, like we said, like.
0: We talk about it
2: now, all of our pop culture references and people getting annoyed with our sides and let's just talking about Pollyanna for two and a half hours, but that's those characters in that show is the mom's not well read but she's seen every like show imaginable and the and the daughter knows the other corners of pop culture and they both like music but they're not obsessed and they're they're carefree in the way that like they'll eat anything so they're not they're not snobby in any way it, it's really fun to see these like carefree characters get into just melodrama like their drama is, is heartfelt because you care about them, but it's not like, I don't think is gonna starve in, every, in any episode. Right,
1: <laughs> I don't think that she's gonna end up on the streets or something. And a, like I said, a lot of the problems that they have are of their own making. Like, 100%. I think it's nice sort of like in an Always Sunny sort of way where they're not, like, good people, you know what I mean? They're not, like, doing good things or, you know.
2: <laughs> I don't just, think they're, they're as bad just... as the gang from It's Always Sunny. No, but I just
1: mean that they're, that they're flawed and that, like, they yeah. do It's, it's not anything like, they're not a, they're not a, like a archetype that's been carved out that like, they only can do these things. Like, you know, like a protagonist can only be good and can only do good things and whatever, whatever. They're like just regular people that happen to have more money.
2: Right. And I, I think I always, it was a little bit of wish fulfillment when I watched it because it was just melodrama, but it was still entertaining. A lot of those shows at the time, if you were to watch an hour long show, which an hour long drama in quotations, um, it was just melodrama and they were rich, and there wasn't anything relatable about it. It was, it's like watching a soap opera. Like, you were kind of disgusted. You kind of hated those people, so you didn't want good things to happen to them at all because you were jealous of their lifestyle. Whereas, when you watch Gilmore Girls, they do do a good job of setting up the stakes as uh, as high for the characters and still try to make them relatable in comparison to the other rich and snooty people that are around, so it's still fun to yeah. watch even though we were poor as fuck, you know, <laughs> like it was oh, entertaining, yeah, and the other thing, like, as, as a writer and as somebody who enjoys, like, like You know, speaking like them, like the witticisms, like just like being on all the time. I loved seeing a show that was all the time. I'm always on. All right, never did no time off. No time off. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) <laughs> but, like, it's uh, it's an hour-long comedy, basically. There are moments of drama, and sometimes there are whole episodes that are just drama. But the fact that it was usually an hour-long adventure that was fun and upbeat, I didn't see that a lot of the time, let alone in a primetime slot. If a show was an hour long, it was either a police procedural or it was just a full-on drama. There was no in-between. There wasn't a lot of comedy. Comedies were in half an hour, and they were a sitcom, and that was it. So seeing this show that kind of broke the format and told serialized stories with their drama, like a soap opera, where all you have these different relationships that carry over and they built a town, which is the thing that I really like to do is they, they had this fully realized world. All the characters matter. If you saw somebody in the background, usually it was somebody you'd see in the background of a different episode. And all of the businesses they passed were populated with people that were characters in the show. And there was an economy to it. I just, I, I love what they did with it. It's such a genius, genius show. And like I said, yeah, there's things that didn't age very well, but it's still really impressive to me. Now, the reboot or sequel series, whatever you want to call it, less so in my opinion. I don't think yeah, that. Yeah, it seems. That was uh, very good. So
1: I have not, disclaimer, I have not seen it, but um, I already know how it is. So that's part of why I haven't
2: seen, <laughs> yes, haven't seen there's it. There's more to it than the last two seconds.
1: No. <laughs> I refuse to believe it. I mean, I just heard that it's it's more like it's been it's I think it's at nine years after the show ends. Yeah, yeah. And Lorelai is still making her own problems, kind of thing. And Rory is like basically being super uber terrible. Which I mean, she especially like with men in particular. And I mean, throughout the show, she's pretty terrible with with like I watched it, you know, just what seven years, eight years ago, and I was like, oh, you know, like. Dean, so sweet, so nice. Then it gets to Jess, and you're like, oh, you know, whatever. And now I'm just like, what the fuck? That's
2: they're so they're all awful. And in fact, the girls are kind of awful, too. As much as they're relatable and they're fun and you like them and you care about them, uh, you know, I was hanging out with my wife earlier. We were watching it together, and she pointed out she was like, "Rory's kind of terrible in the second half of this entire show. Like, makes a yeah. lot of bad decisions. Kind of brings mm-hmm. on her own problems, but also she's just kind of crappy in all of her relationships. When she
1: sleeps, when she sleeps with Dean and he's married,
2: yeah, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> crappy. But also, like, you look at them like they they talk up all these guys. They're all kind of horrible too. And yeah, the all thing that terrible. they're all so terrible. And the thing that makes me cringe so hard is I was all of them in high school. And I see it, like, just, like, the possessiveness and the neediness of Dean and then the whininess and, like, I'm so troubled – and Jess, I'm like, too I,
1: cool for you. Like I can't care
2: for you. Exactly. Guys, and then when they get to Logan, we're just like, no, nah, like it's all lighthearted, and I'm just gonna make quips at people, and, and like I don't need to punch anybody in the face because I'm so cool. And like I've and done Rick. all of those. <laughs> I, I didn't have the rich thing. That never, I never got there. <laughs> but I tried to pretend like I was that guy. And I see all of that. And I'm like, oh, this just hurts because not only am I not that guy anymore, but I never really pulled it off as well as they did because I don't look like Jared Padalecki. <laughs> Mm -hmm. you know but like I just I'm like oh this is it's so real they're written so well that even when they are crazy on and being silly they're still real characters and fully realized I just I I can't lump enough praise on the writing of the show
1: yeah I agree and then the last season part of why I think it feels so different is because they they switched it from Sherman what is it the creator's looking, name, sorry, Sherman Palladino. Yeah, and then they replaced it with uh, David S. Rosenthal. Yeah, he was like the the head or whatever. So like the last
0: showrunner definitely
1: has a, yeah, definitely has a different uh, feel, and I feel like that's, you know, part of why. Yeah, it,
0: and it, it's that it, last it was season is
2: not show. my
1: favorite. Yeah, like it, it's not my favorite.
2: It reminds me. Did you ever watch West Wing? Yeah. So Heather. West Wing after is it season two or season three of West Wing? It keeps going, but Aaron Sorkin left the show. They fired him. And it's a completely different show. It's not terrible. It's not the worst thing ever. But it feels like somebody else is writing the characters in a bad way. Like, it doesn't feel like those are the characters that you come to love throughout that entire journey. And it's the same thing a little bit for Gilmore Girls. It felt like um, the show was leading up to something, up to that last season. that last season was kind of just... It still ends the same way it seemed like that was planned, but they needed to put in filler to get there mm-hmm. and that, that's mm-hmm. kind of how that feels and that's honestly kind of what it feels like when you watch even though it is under the original showrunner um and everybody comes back for it the sequel series kind of feels that way too it's for really fun episodes like it's not not enjoyable it's funny it's still witty they're still on everyone's still pretty it's still stars hollow it's still fun but it feels like it's, there's really no point to it except for the last episode
1: Right, until the except for the last like few seconds or whatever.
2: Honestly, yeah. Like it seems like it was a victory lap.
1: I've heard that her even even Lorelai marrying Luke, which like we'd all been waiting for and whatever, is just fall so flat, like
2: well, characters. it's not. It's not even really mentioned. Like they, they kind of write it off in the first episode. So we're gonna get into spoilers a little bit for the sequel series. Like it just kind oh, of starts sorry. off with like, yeah, sorry. So it like, came it's out in kinda... 2016. So yeah, watch it, life, man. You clicked on a show called Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what the name of the podcast is gonna be this week. So, but like they, it starts out with like, oh yeah, and we've been together for like nine years. Like so that's already really cool. You know, it's it's cool to see that they they lasted and they're so sweet together. But Luke is not. He's written as this kind of like beaten down dude, which is I feel like is what would happen if you were with Lorelai that long. Like she's going to dominate the conversation. She talks very fast. Yeah, and he's I very just, docile through the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I just didn't really see like a happily ever happily ever after for them. Rewatching it now, like as an adult, like her and she should have married Max Medina, and I will say that until like the end of time.
2: No, probably. the teacher. Yes. No. Yes,
1: the teacher. I thought what that their wrong chemistry with you? was the best. Like, so Luke was clearly, like, it was a lot of built-up, whatever, and then they get together, and I'm just like, this ain't it, Chief? Like, this oh, is man. not...
2: man, of all the bad takes. No, 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 no. That is not what I am saying. No, she she belonged with Luke. It makes a lot of sense. But in the sequel no. series, she's still being kind of weird and flaky and... They're still not talking about stuff. I'm like, how have you been together for a decade? <laughs> you know, like, like, That's you've what I'm saying. been together like, for a decade, been friends for like twenty years. Like, how are you how are you still doing these games? And she goes, she does the the what's like the, the hike from that book, The Wild, or is it just Wild?
1: The Pacific the Pacific Crest trail.
2: Yeah, she she does and she just it's as pointless, like some of the characters point out in the show, they're like, well, that, that's not going to solve your problems. But they make it seem like they don't understand. But really, it's the no, it doesn't make sense. That's not how the world works. It seems like a really flighty thing to do when you have problems you should solve at home. It seems like a very TV thing to do. I'm going to do this thing and it'll solve all my problems. So instead of like pointing out and like showing like a juxtaposition of the reality of it or subverting it in some way, she literally does the same thing that happens in the book and then she feels better when she goes home and it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> and the the whole idea is that Rory is a good journalist, really good, but just doesn't wanna do it anymore and is having a hard time going back to work, which was her main issue through most of the second half of the series and you she just decides
1: she can't commit like exactly
2: I'm like yeah and which is the whole point with Logan as well whiny and
1: flighty yeah and he's you know I what, he's gonna be married or whatever and she's got a boyfriend that she forgets about all the time and
2: then yes she, which is still kind of funny but also I'm like okay what's the point of this and then but like cringe <laughs> exactly like, exactly and then Laura like, single, then. like yeah she comes home and she's like you know what like Rory decides she's gonna write the book of Gilmore girls which is the thing that Jess told her to do a long time ago so it's kind of neat that it comes back around even yeah. though I like I hate this I idea know. that every single journalist is also just a novelist, and that's not really how it works. They are they're similar skills. They're not the same skills. kind of writing. They're not the same they're not kind the of writing same style and, of writing. Like. No, and like you get your Hunter S. Thompsons. There are people who are really good journalists and just writers. They're just writers, period. They're good at writing, but the idea that she's like, nope, and now I write one of these amazing novels. I'm like, okay, I guess. So we jump over that hurdle. I think it's a little offensive to your friend who is an actual novelist, but okay. And and this is the story, but then Lorelai, for no reason other than being stubborn and wanting drama, says, "No, you can't do it. That's my life." I'm like, "Okay, what is the point in any of this? Who you wouldn't say that? That's not a thing your character would say." So it just yeah, they were best friends
1: for so long, like you exactly (laughs) no
2: (laughs) exactly this it's this fake again. It's the melodrama of it, and without the. I guess the, the all the seasons backing up before because we're revisiting these characters, it just felt a little rushed and a little pointless. And with the lack of some of the characters coming back, like they reference Gigi a lot. That's the, her stepsister, but you don't see her. She's off camera. Suki is mm-hmm. only in like 30 minutes of the last episode. Little thing, yeah. They, Melissa
1: McCarthy, you know she's like big now, so <laughs> yeah.
2: You know the really the big frustration now. about that was Melissa McCarthy, it's like she, there was a whole big thing. They they announced it. It's getting it's been shot. They set a premiere date, and they're like, yeah. And Melissa McCarthy didn't come back. She didn't want to, and all that stuff. And then Melissa McCarthy tweets out, she's like, uh, I would one hundred percent have come back. I would have even done it for almost free. No one asked me. So there was oh a big God. Yeah, so there was a big hullabaloo. So she, they reshot like the ending of the last episode and she got in there. And I'm sure I'm paraphrasing, I'm sure I'm missing some details, but that was the that was the gist of it. So it doesn't but, hold up yeah, as well. But it's fun. There's some really cool moments in there that I, I think you should watch as a fan. Like they bring the life and death brigade comes back for an episode and that's just a really fun adventure, if not pointless, yeah. but fun.
1: Is the Town Troubadour in it? Because my yes. favorite
2: <laughs> Yes. is <he's laughs> the like troubadour. there's there's a really cool callback to that and what happened to him. I love I love the fact that they kind of set him up as like being this like fake character, like this meta character that only the audience sees until somebody uh-huh. like tells them to shut up. Like that was genius.
1: Well he takes he takes the um the issue of another Troubadour movie. Troubadour in coming the, in I loved <laughs> <to>, it to, to, <laughs> to uh Dosey to Taylor Dosey or whatever and then the town has to like vote on it and they're like, Get out of here, we already have one of you <laughs> it's a limit.
2: I, I just I loved it so much and it's so interesting because we, we grew up in a really, really small town like really small we're not even technically a town it's a village and stars hollow is supposed to be even smaller than that somehow but it has 45 businesses like there's a different yeah like every single person in town is a business owner i'm like that's not how it works if there's 12 people in town, you work somewhere you gotta
1: think you gotta think about the tourism aspect though you know which is the big
2: that's how they write off most of those inconsistencies but listen that's still not not how it works
1: Um, I think that was part of it, too. Like, I liked not just watching, like, Rory and Lorelai and their story, but, like, everyone in the town's story, because you knew everyone in the town. Just, like, back at home, you know everyone in the town, so you know everything that's going on with them. So it was, like, interesting for me to keep track of Kirk getting a girlfriend one episode. You know what I mean? Like, following that through, even if it is just, like, the... Not the main quest, but, like, a, a nice little side quest.
2: Yeah, and especially because we only ever really see these characters when, like, through the point of view... Of Lorelai, Rory, and then that starts to expand after a little while, but it's still usually through one of the characters you more care about. So, like, if you see Luke talking to somebody or, or Lane, those are who you see the, the tertiary characters with. It's never, never just cuts to Kirk and he's doing shit, unless it's really, really no. funny. So, like, right. all these asides you get, you just get little snippets of it, and you check back in. It's almost like a comic book. Is kind of I think why I really liked it too is it's like you you know you're reading Spider Man and while Mary Jane doesn't have her own comic she has her own life and you you see the other models she works with or you see the other people around um, you know the Daily Bugle and while they don't have their own book like you still get to see little snippets of it, and it cuts back in and forth it's kind of why Law and Order works so well where it's that police procedural but by the end of the episode you know you know, Maloney's it's like, yeah, I got a divorce. In, yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, you said you were having trouble with your wife three episodes ago. So, it still you're like, counts. like, yes,
1: I've been watching this for 12 hours, eating bonbons. <laughs>
2: so, like, <laughs> okay, seriously, okay, so, like, so we talk about it, like like this thing, but Law and Order's been on TV in 20 different formats for, like, 40 My years now. Does anyone yeah. not watch 14 episodes of Law & Order? Who just watches one now?
1: No. no. Because more. you're not, it's, it's not, not like a rerun
2: there. on TNT anymore, okay? Like, <laughs> it's on netflix and you watch all of them
1: if it's on it's on all day that's the mood it's like criminal minds if it's (laughs) on i'm not watching anything else i'm not touching that channel i i
2: had to stop watching criminal minds once mandy patinkin left like if if mandy's not there what's the point
1: yeah so i don't like a lot of the newer stuff but i mean i'll rewatch the first how many seasons there's like 12 or 15 seasons right like i'll watch the first like seven
2: real quick criminal minds aside like, who would have thought the dude from Dharma and Greg would have kept going, like, into other stuff? I, that's not a thing I thought was going to happen.
1: Yeah, not the strongest acting.
2: <laughs> Just shitting all over the dude from Dharma and Greg. You know why? Because he's the dude from Dharma and Greg. I don't know that guy's name. <laughs> also, he's a, he was an asshole on the criminal mindset, I've heard, so.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, they kept, they wrote him off, like, right after that because he was super problematic.
2: Yeah, you know what's funny is, like, he, he didn't seem problematic until he started directing, and then they were like, he was crazy. I'm like, you 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 didn't notice beforehand? Like, it took just getting a modicum more power for you to go, this right. dude's nuts. What is it, Thomas Gibson, I
1: think? Is I that don't his name? know. Looking, I don't know. I think I'm looking it up. I think it's the dude
2: it. from Darman Greg, the, the titular Greg.
1: It's Tom, It's Thomas Gibson. It
2: is. I, I miss when you had sitcoms like Darman Greg, where it was like, it's actually a really, really high high level like plot line like you had to jump through 13 hoops but they did it all in like the theme song like (laughs) you know what i mean like this is actually a really high concept but we're gonna wrap it all up in 30 seconds and then we'll get into it it doesn't really matter so i want you to to know
1: that uh thomas gibson is related to mel gibson
2: no way
1: Thomas Gibson, Mel Gibson, Thomas Gibson's father, Gibson was more interested in singing than acting than fathering his, and this why Father Mel Gibson being one of the most famous actors of all time. I'm confused, because I did not know that, and I'm looking really quick to see if that's actually really true.
2: Are they, like, uncle and nephew?
1: Yeah, no, because then Wikipedia says Charles and Beth Gibson. Um... I'm looking. Sorry. Keep pause, everyone. It doesn't say anything else about it. Just that one article. What
2: the fuck? <laughs> don't worry, Chelsea. I know you don't know how to use the internet, so I'll get the answer. No,
1: I just am scanning to see... No, see, this one just says that his dad's name is Charles or whatever.
2: I don't so, know. Nah. I, I can't find that. I I want to make fun of you, but I can't see the, the, the relationship. Uh... There probably related. Either way, they're both assholes. It seems. Yeah. Mel, Mel Gibson anyway, has a better beard, he, I guess.
1: Because he got into a fight with the guy, the writer, I guess, or the director. A physical physical fight. So then he got written off. That's a good way to get your character killed off. Real quick, right?
2: like, <laughs> That's a good way to do it. Did they just turn him into a murderer like everybody else who left that show? <laughs>
1: No, I think he was killed protecting someone.
2: I, I would be yeah. so worried, because the subject matter is is always so volatile on a... On like a so, du- so dark. Yes, on a procedural, like, if I got... Ri- like, say I had a guest spot on Bones, and they keep me on, and then, like, something bad happens, or I, I get a better career, or whatever. Aren't you just super terrified that they're like, yeah, and he was a serial murder rapist who, you know, had the bones of every of every woman in the the last like 300 miles like just in this basement I swear to god like that's how dark it can be when they write your character off it, whereas if you're on like Big Bang Theory and they're like oh that guy got a better career so he's not on Big Bang Theory anymore they're like oh where'd he go oh he moved to Cleveland yeah like, that's so
1: his, he went on a special assignment because he's put into witness protection because his son's involvement in a number of stalking incidents and then he officially resigned to See what I mean? focus on being a full time father
2: it's <laughs> like that's pretty fucked up. It's not as fucked up as it could have been, but
1: No, it's not whatever you were saying with the bone.
2: Oh <laughs> have you seen bones? No. Okay, so you should number one watch Bones. It's actually a pretty good, um, police procedural. I,
1: so here's the thing: I don't want to because uh, I have taking quite a few physical anthropology classes, and the stuff that she says is not true, <laughs> <laughs> and it will make me mad. And two, I also now I'm going to school to be a lawyer, so all of the like criminal aspects that they're trying to bring into that's, it, dude, I that's I also every don't...
2: police procedural. Like why? I... I, I... <laughs>
1: Cannot cannot, like, I just can't. And that's what our, my teacher, my criminal procedure teacher and criminal investigation teacher said. He was like, you will not be able to watch JAG or or even Law & Order, stuff like Dude, that. Dude, JAG, will be, so, be so mad. I love JAG. Like, well, I can't watch it now, but I love it.
2: Oh, I need to watch JAG. You, okay, little known fact, people, if you know your police <laughs> procedurals, NCIS, that's right, Gibbs himself. That is actually a spinoff of JAG. I did know that. Well, they might not have. Okay, well, <laughs> my Jag, Jag is, is awesome. CIS, and I and fucking love Jag. Jag. Oh, I and haven't you know, talked to anyone about Jag in like forever.
1: My grandma loved. I was watching Jag when I was about six or seven years old. It seems like because. My grandma watched it. They babysat me like a couple days a week or whatever until my mom got off work, and my grandma watched it every day.
2: (laughs) So uh, growing up, strangely enough, A Few Good Men, one of my favorite movies. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's so good. It's
2: It's so good, good. and Jag is not a Few Good Men by any means.
1: No, Demi Moore, Jack Nicholson, Tom Hanks. I'm sold. Tom Cruise, not Tom
2: Hanks, but yes. I'm sorry, but you're forgetting Kevin Bacon isn't fucking that movie i was kevin, just kevin gonna say, I was taking a
1: drink of my i was gonna uh i was taking a drink of my decafnid too but yes kevin bacon <laughs> but
2: jag is basically like if you water that down for network television and you do an hour a week you know jag yeah and and it's fun it, it's fun it's there's, courtroom drama there's no aaron there's sorkin but
1: there's 227 episodes
2: dude it was on for 10 years
1: <laughs> i know
2: i know but i fucking love jag but the like
1: opening theme you want to talk about slapping
2: it <laughs> does slap. Shit honestly like so again we, we can shit on police procedurals all day i've watched every episode of, of csi they're all the same people aren't wrong it's one really good episode of television that they've spent you know 20 years on but all of the theme songs they're all amazing
1: yeah so okay nothing is catchier than law and order
2: Dun, dun, it's universally known.
1: Exactly. There's nothing better even...
2: than Dick Wolf and Sam Waterston. I stand by that. That is a oh, match made Sam in heaven. Watterson. Sam Waterston, yeah. I I would pay him to read me the phone book. <laughs> like just, yeah, just you know what? He's
1: really he's overlooked a lot. You know, you get a lot of Morgan Freemans. That if you could have someone like speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah really see, Morgan
2: Freeman. No, I want Sam Waterston semi angry. You know, like I just insulted him, but we're still buds. You know, because that's him with yeah. everything. Like, he's like, yes. oh, you fucking suck, but seriously, how is your wife? It's like, Sam Larson, like, you're just an amazing <laughs> man. And he rocks a bow yeah. tie. Like, do you watch him in Newsroom?
1: I have seen episodes of it, yeah.
2: Oh, you've only seen episodes of it? Watch all of Newsroom, yeah. you son of a bitch. I know. But he's I amazing in his- it. List. That's not, That's probably the last thing I've seen him in, that, in yeah, one of those really crappy, like, Valentine's Day, or New Year's Eve, or, you know, one of those two, but it's like, it's, it's a Hollywood movie about a holiday in, where everyone's interconnected.
1: He was in On the Basis of Sex, the uh, RBG movie. No
2: shit, was he really? 17, Did he play yeah. RBG? Because, honestly, I not see it. No, he
1: didn't play RBG.
2: <laughs> well, like, the later years. Like they had the chick from Rogue One, I'm sure for the younger years, because she's a spitting image. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't actually, I don't think I've actually ever seen the movie, but she looks, she looks the part.
1: I, it's Felicity Jones.
2: Sorry. Yeah, that's a chick from Rogue.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> nailed it. I mean, I don't know if that counts. Since it was thing happened, but, a thing that already happened, but I nailed it I had right. To name <laughs> counts. Oh man, so yeah, Gilmore Girls and Jay. <laughs> That's what I said. The episode's about Gilmer Girls, but we're going to talk about other things. So if you're a new fan, this is what happens. We go on these asides. Sorry. It's just, it, listen, oh, it is what it is. That's you come here for, okay? There's a lot of you, so somebody has to find it entertaining. But the reason, <laughs> it really isn't, I don't know why we ended up on JAG, but I wanted to talk about David James Elliott. Was he the guy from The Pretender? Do you remember that show, The Pretender? No. It was on TNT. David James
1: Elliott right now.
2: It was on TNT and he was like a secret agent that was raised. It was basically alias, but without like the secret magical Assassin's Creed tech and mm. and on TNT and not ABC. <laughs> so much and, lower budget.
1: I'm looking. I'm looking. What did you say it was called? The Pretender? the Pretender? I don't see it on
2: his. Not to be confused with the amazing Fox Family television show, The Pretenders, which was TikTok and The Voice before TikTok and The Voice.
1: No, he's not.
2: Oh, it's a different dude, but he looks a lot like that guy.
1: It's not on the list of his television accomplishments.
2: No, it was Michael T. Weiss. But Michael T. Weiss, that Elliot guy, and John Hamm just look like the same guy. (laughs) (gasps) Listen, he starred
1: in, which I didn't know, but just as, uh, you know, further aside, he starred in three episodes as his character, as uh, Rab from JAG on NCIS Los Angeles in
2: 2019. Yeah, Did not know. They, they, that was a big deal. Like, like, keep crossing them over. He was also in episodes of just normal NCIS as well.
1: He's in CSI, but not obviously. as the same. It's not the same. Sorry.
2: Anyway. Different letters. Really close, though.
1: You know what? It's all the same. It's all <laughs> not accurate. <like.
2: laughs> so, final thoughts on Gilmore Girls. Let's bring it all back. Let's bring it back okay. around.
1: So I love Paris. I have uh, a deep, deep fondness for Paris and her character.
2: Paris is a monster, and she's one of those characters that me and my wife always have to clarify. We're like, "Oh, I hate Paris." It's not that we hate like the actress that's playing Paris or that the character. We don't wish the character was on the show. We love to hate Paris. Like she's awful, but she's the show is so amazing crazy. for being on it.
1: Exactly, she breeds so much life because she, Rory is so like just wall flower you know for like most of it until she gets with logan at the end it seasons like what five and six or whatever yeah when
2: she becomes the actual ace reporter and then eventually the editor of of the yale daily news like that's like peak rory at the end there but up until then mm-hmm. she's not outgoing she's not no
1: paris is the one that is getting everything done and just like kind of dragging rory like, kicking and
2: screaming <laughs> like <laughs> Paris is entertaining. I I love the grandparents because they're the reason why I hate rich people, and not a lot of rich people are actually like that, but there's levels Uh of them, and I can just point to them as the reason.
1: Hey, you just uh, spaced out for like a hot second.
2: Oh, sorry. Well, it's still recording on my end, so it's okay. Okay. I was just monologuing about how I like the grandparents, even though they're the reason why I hate rich people. They're, it's based on fake rich people I,
1: listen I would love to be Emily Gilmore like if that is like the goal
2: <laughs> that was this. my point is the, there's nothing more entertaining than when she gets so upset that she breaks in the show it happens like three times and yeah. it's when she's just there with a cigarette drinking in the middle of the day in a yeah. nightgown on the couch and I'm like she's that's just like... yeah that's life right there is there anything better? comes at
1: you fast.
2: <laughs> Goals, okay? That's another reason why you should watch Order the, the sequel series. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Right?
1: Oh, sorry for the fast and furious reference. Never
2: apologize. Never apologize for bringing more Vin Diesel into my life, okay? Does Let's... that mean
1: that the terrorists win? <laughs> never
2: forget. If you, forget, if you oh. never forget, Okay.
1: I texted Emily the other day, and all I said was, "Hey, tell your husband never forget."
2: <laughs> so what the what the you guys were talking about was like, make sure you tell Chelsea that nine eleven changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, guys. Like, if you're at home going, I love it, but they're so dumb. Like, we know. <laughs> like, and so does everybody around us. It's
1: not an act. It's not just. <laughs>
2: The amount of times uh, that your boyfriend will text me, and be like I don't know what she's talking about. Do you know what this thing is? I like, guess she making this up. I'm Like, not that happened, or that's a real thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> he
1: he wanted when he when we called you the other day in the car. I was like, well, just give me the phone. And he's like, no, I want to. I wanted to say it's. I wanted to say Nighthawk. I said, okay, funny.
2: He call he calls me Nighthawk. I call him Dragon because Step Brothers is the universal language. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, Meanwhile, like
1: I want to text Terry, but I don't want him to think I'm too weird. I said it's too late.
2: It's too number (laughs) one. It's too late. Number two, like we we've now been friends for like half a decade. He can text me. And number three, it's weird that he doesn't text me. Like we'll be in a conversation. I'm like, yeah, hit me up tomorrow. We'll talk about this thing. We'll we'll do this, and then I won't hear from him for weeks. And then when he does contact me, he's like, ah, I didn't want to get needy or something. And I'm like, this is the strangest friendship I've ever had. (laughs) Like, what do you think is going to happen? I can't break up with you. (laughs) Exactly. You're in a domestic partnership with my best friend. I don't think you're going
1: anywhere. (laughs) He he. He was like, he was like, I just don't like to be vulnerable, so instead I just have to troll. <laughs> like, I know it's so. It's like out of nowhere, <laughs> and I mean, I'm not making fun of like him having an emotional like moment or whatever, but I, it was just out of nowhere. We were just sitting on the couch, and he's like, you know, I just don't like to seem vulnerable. That's why I have to troll so much. I said. <laughs> Where is this coming
2: from? <laughs> oh it makes so much sense, like you know, like a message. I'm like, "Hey, how's the family?" Not to come off like Mark Wahlberg, but I'm like, say how do your mother for me?" You know, <laughs> and and then like I won't get a text message back. I was like, "Oh, that's too much." <laughs> I mean, I'm not manly enough. Like, I need to ask him about the game first, I guess. <laughs> 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 uh, but see oh, again, nice. so I guess like I, I know we didn't talk a lot about Gilmore Girls. Funny enough, we if, did, we did, we did. We talked a lot about it. But that's, I think it's the most meta, but almost on point thing because this is the show. What we just did—it's every episode of the show—and then it ends with something dramatic, like I, I got kicked out of my house, or so <laughs> I'm sleeping with your mother. I don't know.
1: <laughs> my mom kicked me out because she found out that I had a whole different <laughs> personality. <in me.
2: laughs> <I laughs> exactly. Love that that's a lane and her mother turn out to be some of the best characters like some of the melodrama earlier is just so frustrating with with Mrs Kim but by yeah. the end of the show Mrs Kim is amazing like when it leads up to lane's wedding and how much they actually do have in common and how much lane actually does align with her mom's like kind of okay, cultish you, like like <laughs> christian fundamentalist like stuff you know seventh
1: day adventist
2: isn't that what she is seventh- exactly okay so yeah. just as bad like and and like then you see why all the pressure is like the show really i was explaining this to, to emily like and she knew you can kind of tell but we were talking about it was that uh the show was really about mothers that's really the theme of the whole show you have all yeah. of the stuff with um, the the great-grandmother with, with the original Lorelai Gilmore. And, yeah, and, and hating
1: Emily. Exactly,
2: and Kim, yeah. like you find out Mrs. Kim, the reason why she acts like that is because her mom is exactly the same way, but with Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And it, you just, you see everybody's mom, it, even, like, the moms that pop in for, like, an episode, like, when you hear Kirk talk about his mom, and you don't actually see her, or you hear about, which, by the way, is totally where they stole the idea for, um, Oh, Howard Walowitz's mom? It's totally just Kirk's mom. <laughs> but, um... Uh, <laughs> just to just, just talk about it. But then when you get into the the moms that, that only pop up a little bit here and there, like Dean's mom. And just yeah. hit her her, well, her control over his life and stuff.
1: Even uh, Christopher's... Which yes. is really sad, Even his new wife, like when she's having Gigi and stuff, when she's having a little, little baby...
2: Which is also yeah, sure. just a really good parody of what happened with him and Rory when they were kids.
1: Literally, like, just desserts.
2: <laughs> and what's funny is because the show is so entertaining and kind of sets up that world, those are the rules in it. If that were to happen in real life, you, you wouldn't believe it. That's too much of a bow on it. That's too much, you know, dramatic irony. But because of the world set up in, it, it feels surprising, but also super rewarding that it keeps doing that. You keep seeing those those parallel lines with all these different families And it pays off really, really well up until, again, I'm not a big fan of the the sequel series. But up until that point, even after the showrunner stuff, all of those parallel lines, I think, are really, really well done. And they don't feel hokey. You know, when Mrs. Kim shows up, you don't feel like, oh, she's just exactly like her. You're like, no, of course he's exactly like her. I love it. And you now see why she was so terrible to Lane growing up. And you, you're not mad at her, necessarily, because she's grown into a better character because of the kid, which is the other theme. It's changing for the right. kids. And I, I think yeah. that's really, really well done there. And it's it's overplayed a lot with Rory and Lorelai. You know, like, oh, she's a mom, it's but she too, was so young. Too, but...
1: Yeah, it's too on the nose a little bit, because she doesn't want to be a mother figure, really, at all. She just wants to be, like, the friend, because Emily was so like controlling kind of thing.
2: Exactly. And when she has to be a mom Rory resents her for it. That's the whole reason why she, you know, she leaves Yale and then moves in with her grandparents. But I again, I it's it's so relatable to someone who did move out because of mother issues when I was 16. Right. Like like it's relatable on that level, but also it's relatable just as a human moment. Like, yeah, people do end up like their parents or resent their parents and the parents do change if they want to get to know the kid. It's just, it's, it's really entertaining for all of those lines and you can see it paralleled with every single character even with Luke who's this curmudgeon who ends up being like having to be a dad to a kid and the issues that are caused there because of again the mother. It's very Freudian mm-hmm. when you think about it. Maybe too much. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So let's just get into like those are all the deep dive, the actual like snippets of criticism and and things that we actually thought about. Let's talk about just the fun things. Start listing off some random fun things that you love about the show. Um,
1: so I love, like I said, I love the town Troubadour. I, think I knew you were going to say Troubadour
2: again. I'm like, that, I, <laughs> loved, I love
1: the Troubadour. I cannot. I'm sorry. He's, it's so good. I also love that they always are doing something themed. Like when they do the <laughs> reenactment with the paintings where they have to hold really still. Or there's always some kind of festival or some like the dance off that they do. Taylor Dozy is the
2: per- perfect bad guy for the town.
1: Yes, exactly. Because he's not even really a bad guy, like at all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the episode where, um... Probably one of my favorite episodes, like, you asked what my favorite episode was before this. It might be the episode where Sookie's husband runs for the town. I don't know, Cryer? What is, what is Taylor does? He's an alderman?
1: some
2: sort of... Yeah, he's the, he's the alderman. Okay, okay, yeah. Like, he's not mayor, but he is kind of the mayor. But, um, yeah. And everyone when just he... talks
1: over him, and he has no real power. But he <laughs> no real power, he, he just, like,
2: comes at people with random, like, you know, subsection B from the town articles and shit like that. But I love that episode because it showcases him and his actual, like, need for that and that he actually does care about. He acts like he loves the idea of democracy, but he's really hurt when nobody votes for him. And... It's not just the classic, oh, we actually did need him episode. They don't wrap it up there, and you see everyone's true colors come out. And uh, mm-hmm. I really, really like that one because it is more about the town than Rory and Lorelai, as we talked about, which is kind of one of the best parts about the show.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I love, like I said, I love um, Lane. I love her wedding episode.
2: Yeah, I just I, I, with, with uh, Grandma Kim
1: yeah
2: what, what yeah, yeah mrs kim her grandma, yeah grandma. And her mom yeah.
1: yeah 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 it's
2: uh it's, it's they good. had to do the two weddings the buddhist wedding and then the christian wedding and then
1: <laughs> yeah her
2: gift the, the mom's gift to her was that she was going to go home early so they could have a real party so she could have her real wedding that she wanted and have a really fun reception i thought that was really cool and showed the growth yeah. between their relationship yeah i agree it
1: uh it was good it's, it's all, good. It's all good. can we
2: mention the, like one of the things I love too their band is horrible like it's half alien yeah. bad name bad band Sebastian Bach is in there randomly <laughs> like what the fuck uh,
1: what else that's the guy from uh, I can't think of his name from the OC from the OC that's
2: in it at first <laughs> the o- they replace him for the sequel series too I they call perfect. him out in the background
1: Dave Rogalski who Dave Rogalski Adam Brody he's from the O.C. He oh, no, I was thinking of the other plays. guy from
2: the O.C. Oh, is it not from the O.C.? What's the other guy? Um, guy? They go to They go to high school. Um, the one that Paris is obsessed with. Chad Michael Murray. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: True. Is he not on the O.C.? What show is he from?
1: He's from One Tree Hill for the last time. <laughs>
2: One Tree Hill. You know my okay.
1: feelings on Chad Michael Murray.
2: I know, but that's who I thought you were talking about. But yeah, Adrian Brody, really, really good in that show.
1: Yeah, Adam Brody.
2: Adam Brody, whatever. Adrian. Adrian Brody is a good guy. Adrian Brody,
1: yeah, two different people. <laughs> Adrian
2: Brody possibly. is the dude from King Kong.
1: <laughs> possibly related, possibly. <laughs> but
2: Adam Brody is really, really good in that role. It sucks that he leaves. Um, yeah, he's because only there until really season fun.
1: three or something. I yeah. mean, honestly, and he, and he, he only college. shows up
2: a little bit. And he then his movie career obviously took off. I love Adam Brody for a lot of reasons, but the main reason is his role in Jennifer's body. It's amazing.
1: He plays a good uh, bad guy.
2: Yes, he really, really does.
1: He's got got the look, I feel like, of a good bad guy. Yeah, I want
2: to see him play. It's just like when Topher Grace played a serial killer with Adrian Brody in um, (laughs) Predators.
1: (laughs) Okay, yep. Full like,
2: circle. Yeah, it's like you have these like schmarmy guys who are meant to be like the protagonist, but you're like, you're kind of a douchebag. And you watch them play right. an actual douchebag, you're like, ah, see, you nailed it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, uh, Adam Brody is married to Leighton Meester, so. To who? She's from Gossip Girl.
2: Oh my god. So it's like. <laughs> it's, it's all like the two... same show Gossip Girl, the OC, One Tree Hill. No, it's but one it's show. It's
1: like two dramas. Hold on, hold
2: on. One Tree like... Hill. Is there an episode of One Tree Hill? Where they disarm a bomb with a basketball? No. Are you sure?
1: I'm pretty sure.
2: Does Chad Michael Murray play basketball in One Tree Hill? Yeah. There's an episode where that happens. I'm telling you. No. Did Chad Michael Murray ever show up in the OC?
1: Uh that I don't know. Because I didn't watch all of the OC. Because
2: they're like oh. it's like the same thing, right?
1: It's it's very similar, except for North Carolina. You know, East Coast, West Coast, really. (laughs) (laughs) East Coast, West Coast. The rap feud of CW
2: soap operas. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, it's the teen drama. (laughs) Is it even... Aren't they both West Coast? No. No? No. One Tree Hill takes place in North Carolina. No, I'm pretty sure it's also Orange County. Why are they always on the beach?
1: No, it takes place... I'm telling you, it takes place in North Carolina.
2: Okay, One Tree Hill basketball bomb.
1: It's not, I'm telling you.
2: In oral history of the time a dog ate a heart on one tree. <laughs> oh, is what popped up on Google. Me? <laughs> <What?
1: laughs>
2: something. There's there's no, something the to do with the bomb.
1: nearly played...
2: Uh, I'm telling you, it was their nearly... reaction to 9-11. It changed everything.
1: <laughs> there was a school shooting episode, but that was also not finished with Did the they take
2: out somebody with a basketball? <laughs> No. then it's not what i'm talking about okay, <laughs> okay he disarms the, he disarms the bomb with a basketball i'm telling you that's a thing that happened that's in my no. brain
1: i'm telling you it's not
2: all right anyways i'm sorry i derailed you keep going your favorite moments
1: uh so the absolute best moment is when rory gives her speech at chilton okay. when she talks about her mom cries tears every time i think it's the best episode of the whole show
2: it's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. I don't know if like it's one of the best written, like, serious moments that aren't like just drama based. I think that's Well a really and then she one. gets
1: like the call like, you know, the jest or whatever call, he calls her and stuff. So, like it's just all very like for this the part of the show that they're in, it's perfect, I feel like.
2: Yes. Laura, I I think that's what yeah, Lorelai like, gets
1: the inn too, maybe. She gets like the call at the at the
2: that that, that her inn is gonna be opened when they're doing their own or, one
1: that they can know that they can buy their it's when her and suki are trying to buy oh okay uh, when they're uh, trying to open
2: the dragonfly i gotcha
1: yes i
2: i don't know if i have a favorite episode other than like i really do like the the buddhist wedding one and i mentioned the other episode where it's just about the town i really enjoyed that my one of my favorite moments though is when jess and luke when when Jasper shows up, and they're kind of trying to become friends again, and he pushes him in the pond because he's pissing him off. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. just, like, as a dad, but also as a, having really, like, I have a nephew who's 17, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I would do that. I would, I would definitely do that. And I kind of related to that, too, and that's what Jess needed. Their relationship was always really cool for me and like where it goes full circle and how like they do eventually appreciate each other there's that moment which is right before jess leaves for a couple or maybe just one season um and it's in the exact same spot right where luke pushed him off after they get into the car accident and he's crying and he has that like really good heartfelt moment that's one that always gets me where he's like i made sure she was okay uncle luke yeah that's a good
1: that's a good moment too yeah that's a good one for me That he's like good. just isn't he a bad is guy he
2: tries to play a bad boy but like no he but he's
1: really a... that's why it comes across as so stupid because he's not actually a bad person he's like trying too hard which yeah, i mean st- also so hard. More relatable though like people that are you know just trying to fit into a role or a stereotype right like when is. he's got the
2: bra in his back seat because he just hooked up with one of those other girls and he's like god damn it this is not what i'm trying to do <laughs> <laughs> like how embarrassing is <sighs> that like, everyone's had that moment we're like oh I swear like I, I care about you the, the bra was, well the bra is the <laughs> bra <nice> but <laughs> it's an nice accident uh, i went yeah. shopping for you <laughs> uh, if you had to pick a character other than the town troubadour who would you pick as your favorite Paris okay other than Paris you already said Paris oh
1: okay um <laughs> I really like Luke a lot.
2: Yeah, Luke Luke is up there for me.
1: If I had to pick, um, I just, I identify a lot, even at, like, even, like, when he and Lorelei aren't together or whatever, just, like, the way that he exists, I am a fan of.
2: Well, so, my wife always points out that, like, I am angry at, like, all these characters. I obviously channel some of that. But all of these characters are always Luddites, you know what I mean? They're always, like, no, like, (laughs) I'm a Mennonite, I don't use the internet, and I don't believe in this. Or whatever, when mm-hmm. that's the one unbelievable thing about all those characters. Because if you're that angry, you use the internet so you don't have to interact with any of those people. And the idea, right? like, like, when you watch New Girl, it's the same thing with, like, Nick on that show. It's like, oh, no, you hate everything, Nick Miller. And especially technology. It's like, no, 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 guys. You got to use technology to <coughs> your benefit so you don't have to talk to these people ever again. But right. other than that, I do really, really love Luke. And I think Taylor Dozy is a really, really oh, like, underrated yeah. part of the entire show, and I like, one of the best bad guys. Um,
1: I like Miss Patty and Babette also. <laughs> they're like neighbors, just because they're always like lo- living for the tea, encouraging the bad behavior. Like. I
2: it, it is so entertaining. Like they just hang out by that, like the new, like there's a newsstand in that town. There's twelve people in that town. Why is there a newsstand? But they they hang out next to the newsstand, t- like dishing. And I always think that there's this one line from it's like season four or five where um they're complaining about something and they're cutting back and forth and someone's yelling at Babette to like move like she cuts in line and she does not give a shit about anybody else. She's yelling to Miss Patty from, like, across the street. She's like, did you hear about so-and-so? Her facelift. Scotch tape. And she makes this face. And she's, like, pulls her face up with several fingers. And, like, a Jim Carrey-type face. And it's the funniest fucking thing to me. Right. But she's solid. Her and all of her, her pet advice. I, I, all the characters are solid in the show. Um, that's about all I have. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we go?
1: No, Emily Gilmore is an inspiration. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I like to give it a good rewatch every now and then. I'll probably watch A Year in Life after this, but not like tonight, but like at some point. But I just was so sad, like when I heard about the <laughs> reception by so many. Yeah. That I didn't want it to change how I felt about, you know, the original show kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it won't. Do you you think... still watch it. It's so, entertaining, the... but...
1: Here's a question. Do you think that Gilmore Girls uh, reaches cult classic standing?
2: I mean, probably just because in the glut of television we have now, there's so much other stuff that fills similar niches. But at the time, it was semi-cult just because it was on the WB and not ABC or NBC or Fox or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. but there was a small window there where it's like in a league of its own i wouldn't call it a call everybody had seen gilmore girls or at least knew about it but now i i guess i i probably would put it in that category because yeah i just
1: mean like now the way that people i just am thinking like i see on twitter every i don't know once a month at least
2: um it, it's hard you know, it's like, just like yeah like now you see it but like it was big enough where it got a revival you know
1: yeah that's true too you know yeah, i just it, wonder if the cult classicness of it if it is a cult, if we deem it that, if that plays a role in why it got a revival, you know right. what
2: I mean? Like, I, I view it as a touchstone in, in just like television history, just because it did create so many things. And even if you don't like Gilmore Girls, you know, Gilmore Girls, like, even if you've never seen the episode, you know the name. And I feel like it's such a staple. And again, it did open up that genre of it's an hour long comedy for the most part with a few pieces of dramatic elements thrown in and i so i mm-hmm. i do think it's on a level higher than cult classic but now like i said because there's so much other tv what is isn't a cult classic now yeah
1: i mean that's kind of i feel like it's just
2: no one's getting 15 million even... views per episode anymore on a network
1: no yeah it's 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 almost like there's too much like overstimulation <laughs> like it's like there's just
2: this is too much. It reminds it me. Stop. It reminds me of comic books a little bit. So people always talk about comic books. Like there's only so many, or, or people only know about like superheroes or whatever. But now because it, it's a it's like similar to podcasts because there's so little and en- like barrier to entry. M- making money is a different thing, but just putting one out. There's so many of them. There's so many different companies. We're starting to reach that point mm-hmm. where even if it's a big show, we're talking a big show with a big audience. There's still points of people like us who are into pop culture and do know the reference. References and are paying attention, and still have never heard of a show. Like that's how that's how many shows are out there now.
1: It's, I mean, they say it's what the golden era era of television, but you know, like
2: that, what's happening
1: currently. But I just, it's just too much to keep track of. I feel like I'm not doing enough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're doing your part, you know. You're you're watching what you can. You're in law school. You'll catch up afterwards. What else you're gonna do? You're gonna be looking at. You're gonna be looking at briefings at four a.m. Rewatching Gilmore Girls.
1: Exactly. I'm not going to watch anything new. I'm going to rewatch this because I don't actually have to watch it. It can just be on in the background.
2: I like it because because there's so much. I can just watch prestige television, basically. Like no, that's uh,
1: true. That's but... I don't have to watch anything that's like
2: yeah pokey. Yes, but exactly.
1: Sometimes, sometimes like some of my best memories, like discovered gems, are because the show is so trash <laughs> that i like ended up liking it because it was so trash like you know what i'm saying like
2: well there was a point in my life oh, where i probably would have watched something like like one tree hill what were you saying
1: it's like now everybody is like oh you know everyone has every show was like a game of thrones where everybody's got like its own you know everyone's talking about it at the water cooler kind of thing so it's like yeah no i just want to watch like one like bad show <laughs> that's like but like still intriguing like i'm in it I'm in it for the long haul because I need to see how it is.
2: Yeah. There's a few that still pop up like that for me where I'm like, Oh, I watched this and someone's like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, no, I don't know either. It's fine. Like I'm really into it, but that half it's few and far between now because I can just watch the best of the best. Like instead of watching three episodes of a sitcom that only had half a season, I'll keep, I can Google that read up on it. So I can have that piece in my pop culture lexicon, <laughs> you know, like like in, in my ammo collection in case someone brings up, the guy from uh, Knight's Tale and and the guy who played Robert Baratheon. I'm like, yeah, did you know he had a show called Still Standing for Two Seasons on ABC? Like, no one knows why, but know he that. did. Yeah, it's, actually, I really like that one. But but you get what I mean. Like, I don't have to do that anymore. I, now I can I'm just actually, watch Mad Men.
1: But I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it sort of excludes things that then become like guilty pleasure shows yeah. that aren't, aren't great because they're not star-studded. They're not winning Emmys or whatever, but they still have, like a place in in like the my general consciousness i guess like so
2: i guess we're like uh i mean we're going a little bit long here but now i'm really curious what fills that pop culture hole for you now are you watching network TV again? Like, where are you finding no, these No, I mean,
1: we. Don't, I don't, nothing. Nothing really is. I'm just, but it's like, so here's the thing, right? I've never watched The Wire. It's like considered one of the best TV shows of all time. It's on my list. Like, I really want to watch it. But I have all these other, you know, Euphoria is supposed to be really good on HBO. Like, I have all of these other shows that I really need to get to watch because they're all so good. Euphoria is really just good. Like, yeah that's the wire I mean. is I better like AM, so like...
2: well, yeah, <laughs> i recently I mean, watched the wire. wire i had never seen it and it is well, as good I've as never people seen say it either,
1: but a lot of people say or like newsroom or whatever like a lot of people say that like it's it's top t- like the wire they say is like top tier like best of the best kind of like a tv of all time kind of thing and i'm just like yeah but okay cool but like now i'm so invested and like i need to see it i need to analyze it critically it feels more like work so i'm like oh, god i don't want to put it on because i know that like i'm gonna to have to pay more attention Right, sort of like when I when I watch The Sopranos, I love The Sopranos, right, and it deserves all the critical acclaim that it has. But when I watch it, it's like it it takes more mental energy to watch it than it does to watch The Simpsons. Like
2: I actually I had that moment I was rewatching The Sopranos, and it gets to the episode where I can't remember the guy's name, but one of his enforcers, and they're going around to all the Starbucks trying to find a guy who who boosted a car, and it's like the his his kid's teacher's car, and they're trying to find it to get him a higher than a d in chemistry class or whatever
1: yeah it's like for a family
2: yeah but like it's so deep because like then they're like one of them are is really angry about how like the gentrification of of like the Italian subcultures in coffee and caffeine and all these other drinks and like how we stole it basically in America. And it's like people who own are Starbucks aren't Italian and he's like throwing this fit, but it actually is really good commentary. And now I'm thinking about that in this show, about you know, like this, this show right. about this mobster and it's so deep. And then I'm like, I have to turn this off because this is meant to be in the background. I have like three scripts I need to write. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And instead it's, I watched it's, four it's like episodes
2: it's... of Sopranos.
1: It's it's so good though.
2: <laughs> but but I do understand that like it's not necessarily that you're like, looking for crap, but you, you do yeah. you need something closer to One Tree Hill or Gilmore exactly Girls, honestly, like just, the lightness of it.
1: Yeah, where I can just have it on, watch it. Like it does it. It's not. I'm not missing. You know, extreme like
2: detailed stuff
1: that I need to know either for the show or just like to know like the point of what the show is trying to express. Like I, you know, like I do if I'm watching something like The Wire, which is like a you know highly critical integral piece about you know police work especially in the city Fucking <laughs> i mean
2: like now it's obvious not, because like uh, a lot of things have taken inspiration from sopranos and the wire again yeah. we talk about madman Men. Men's one of my favorite shows of all time
1: yeah it's all but, from the top 10. Yeah, know?
2: exactly, but it took a lot of what it knew from Sopranos, from The Wire. It's like this idea exactly. of mundanity in all these critical situations. But you watch The Wire and we're seeing that now. We're seeing the juxtaposition of cops and criminals and the blurred lines That's, and all that stuff. Exactly. And I'm like I, I can't think about that. It's Wednesday. You
1: know what <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, it's like I need I need like <laughs> I need to watch something I
2: not this. <laughs> I, I've I I've know. been using Supernatural for that because it's made like a network show still. There's twenty-two episodes a season. Most of it doesn't matter to the overarching plot of the of the series. And I don't need to see every single detail. There's not a lot of prestige shots where they you know, I'm wondering what they mean when when he turns the cup to the left. Like, oh, does that represent his father? Like, there's not a lot of that. Exactly. Like, what is the symbolism
1: that I'm missing? Let me pull out my eight
2: fucking laptop. God, the amount of times where, like, I sit down, like, like, a frame of Mad Men. I'm like, you know. His thoughts on capitalism are on point, but I don't think like I'm writing i turn, I'm writing a small, <laughs> I'm writing yeah. a small like, like piece on it. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, you yeah, don't I that do doesn't my... happen with, with something like supernatural. So I watch that, or honestly, not to to downplay the craft, but a lot of anime, you know, I, I yeah, don't need to no, watch it on I, that level.
1: I mean, it's easier for me to keep track of the details because it's all it's not as integral i mean most anime is not super integral there's like one overarching thing and maybe a few small sub things but it's not like heavy critiques and criticisms and and re- reaching into esoteric areas that make my head hurt like
2: <laughs> it's honestly it i is, think people miss it a lot like our generation not so much but a lot of older generations never understood why we kept watching cartoons and yeah and, yep, and that's mom. that's why yeah right exactly same thing with my mom my mom likes cartoons but for different reasons but like uh, uh gravity falls one of my favorite cartoons or, or the ducktales yeah. reboot you know rest in peace like it has I, this uh, level of, of storyline but i don't need to see every single frame i do for the artwork but for the actual idea the dramatic storytelling i don't need to be as invested i can watch that right. and read on my phone or draw or something
1: yep or just let my mind shut off and like absorb it like passively watch rather than actively watch
2: yeah i was doing that recently with disney plus's owl house have you watched that yet
1: no but i've been watching uh clone wars so i mean same. Sim- I similar PL, ideas so. yeah
2: not as Alhas, but I mean, like, same reason why we're watching that. But, like, Mandalorian, honestly, was like that for me. It, it's prestige in the way where it's like, it's really high level sci fi, but really, it's just a cowboy. It's like a good episode of. Ah, oh, it's
1: a good Western.
2: Exactly. exactly. Like, Bonanza's a bad example because that show does not hold up. But you know what I mean? Where it's like this idea of just, like, you know, Gunslinger rolls into town, and this is what what happened. Gunsmoke, I guess, probably would be a better example. Gunsmoke's um, a better example. Yeah, but is <laughs> really racist. Um, but Gunsmoke, and the idea where it's like, oh, it's just. You know, this here's a quick story about these people in a lawless environment, and it's Star Wars, so it's fun, and there's canonical elements to it, and like, oh, did you catch that one alien in the background who show up in the cantina and Return of the Jedi, shit like that? I'm like, this is cool, but I don't. It's not so critical thinking where I'm getting obsessed on that level. It's more my pop culture brain, or like, oh, that's Bill Burr. It's so cool that he shows up. He talks about how he ate Star Wars. Like, yeah. I, I like being able to turn my brain off and just enjoy that stuff and, mm-hmm. and it, it has those critical elements but not on the same level as something like Mad Men and because of the pandemic those shows aren't being made as much so this has been a year that I've caught up on reading I've caught up on comic books, I've caught up on my writing and I haven't watched 400 episodes of something like Game of Thrones and this Obsessions because they're not coming out, they're not coming out left and right I watched all of Cobra Kai and all of the Karate Kid movies in a week because, <laughs> because I could <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've just been trying to, I mean, when I'm not in class or whatever, just trying to catch up on stuff that I've missed. And also, but at the same time, like, like just get current on stuff. Like, Mandalorian, like, I was super far behind. I hadn't even finished season one, and I finished all of that. But at the same time, it's like, I just want my brain to be able to relax. So it's like, well, let's put Gilmore Girls on, even though I've seen it, you know, three or four times through all the way. Like, just
2: but I mean, you can listen to them, you know, mistake. make jokes in the background exactly and and just kind of let it sit with you. I that's yeah. kind of what I've been trying to rewatch The Office before it came off Netflix sadly. But I, I oh, yeah, The Office is my background show 24/7. Yep,
1: yep, yep. The I, where was I almost subscribe to
2: Peacock. Fuck.
1: Kyle was so was like upset cuz he watches it while he works cuz he's like I just every time I look at the TV, I know where I'm at, you know. Yeah. And I said, yeah, and I said, he said, we should buy it on Blu-ray. We should buy it on Blu-ray. Literally what Emily
2: said to me when I told her it came off of Netflix. She was like, we're buying it on Blu-ray.
1: Yep. So I might get him that for his birthday. It's coming up.
2: (laughs) Well, this has been good. This has been right in the feels. Hopefully we hit you there. Or, you know, you heard us talk about Gilmore Girls for about five and a half minutes. Then talk about the pretender on TNT for an hour and a half. (laughs) I apologize.
1: Never heard of the pretenders, though. Just Uh-oh. watch
2: the trailer so you can understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> and all ask right, yourself, why it. did I see all of it? I don't know. Why was that a thing that my mother was watching? I don't know. How did we watch it? We didn't have TNT. I don't know. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the rest of the story.
1: We had to do the Anax and the Moon. <laughs>
2: Anax and the Moon! And then the music comes in can... and then we'll cut the feeder. <laughs>
1: You can, uh...